caught on. Welcome back, podcast listeners. Episode 131 today, Tony. Um, you're looking like you're enjoying the sunshine today. I am. I actually went for a walk in um, around uh, uh, what, what was originally our Parliament House, but um, the the building behind me, exhibition building. <laughs> <laughs> the building you can see over my shoulder there. Yeah, I was, I was, let, I was the letting park you today. It was absolutely beautiful. I was letting you get away with it, but I, I, I'll head to the park this afternoon, I think, and, and sit there and enjoy the sunshine. But look, today um, we're going to dive in a really great article that Willard put out during the week, um, and you know I know you have a lot of admiration for this guy and, and this article, and it sort of touches on some really good points. Um, it's sort of 13 life lessons from Jack Cullen. So do you want to give a little bit of background on Jack Cullen that you know? Yeah, I, I do know. So somebody who was a huge influence on my life, uh, Mr. Pollock, who was one of the co-founders of uh, Drake globally. Yeah. I met him as a young 17, nearly 18-year-old, and uh, it just made such an impact on me. Uh, as you know, I, I shot him an email. He's 93. He's the longest-serving CEO in the world. But Jack Cohen was one of his uh, – regarded Mr. Pollock as his uh, – I still call him Mr. Pollock <laughs> rather than just Bill. Uh, but he was um, – he was uh, basically – Mr. Pollock was his mentor. And when he went and spent a week in his uh, huge penthouse in Monte Carlo with him, and he basically was inspired to go out and – uh, build the empire is today. So it is interesting, though, that it's, there wouldn't be a you know a huge success story, certainly not in Australia, if not the US and the world. Everyone's had mentors in some type of way that's actually inspired somebody to go out there and go out towards achieving a huge, big, hairy, audacious goal. And you know, Jack Cohen has has done that, and he's a very passionate man about what he does. But he's also he's also pretty grounded as well. Yeah, well, when we get into the, I guess, his life lessons, but it's interesting, he Canadian-Australian businessman, and I think people will know some of his brands, but he did bring KFC to Australia, and he is, and owns Hungry Jack's, um, the Burger King franchise in Australia, so and at various stages controlled Domino's Pizza. So from my view, he's a bit of a hero. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I think I'm going to dive into the article straight away because... Your waistline is added to his bank account, Jamie. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think the first point is out of this guy, Kiva, but he, he did state, if you lose your health, nothing else matters. Yeah, it is interesting, though, because, you know, as you, as you know, I don't like the junk food industry at all, and he's made his wealth off the junk food industry. But in saying that, that it is a really interesting comment because one of the things he says here is, how much money would Kerry Packer have paid to get a new kidney? Uh, and he does, you know, include techniques such as meditation, physical training into your life to maintain your mental and physical health. And, and as you know, I, I sent an email out to everyone who works with us uh, during the week. Was it yeah. during the week or Sunday night? I think I did it. I was during the week, I think. I, thought, I think it was Sunday night. It all sort of blurs into everything now. But, yeah. um, but just saying, here's what my goals are by March. Here's what I want to achieve. And, you know, my, my achieving my weight goal is about my blood pressure and about making sure my blood glucose always stays under five. And uh, so I, I never want to be a risk of type 2 diabetes or a stroke or things like that. So and that comes down to, first of all, what I put into my body. Um, and secondly, uh, my physical activity. And that's just my my basic motto of eat less and, and move more. Uh, that's why I actually went for a walk at lunchtime, went for a move rather than just sitting here reading the newspaper. Um, so, yeah, but based on that, and I do know that uh, Mr. Pollock and even Mr. Irwin from Drake, 
they were doing meditation before meditation became trendy. Uh, so they were doing it in the 80s. So they've always uh, – now, interestingly, they did uh, Transcendental Meditation. I think Jack Cowan does as well, which is from Maharishi Yogi, uh, who was the famous teacher of meditation to the Beatles, Ray Dalio, all these unbelievably successful people, as you know, I do transcendental meditation. I'm certainly not in any of those people's league by any means. Uh, but it is, you know, this this is stuff that's been around since the 50s and 60s, but it's been around for thousands of years. And say, you know, for example, the uh, the Buddhist culture, the Indian culture, uh, Chinese culture, and things like that as well. So. Uh, and that's, that's what he speaks about, your physical health and your mental health. So it, it is just so vitally important. Yeah. Life lesson two is if you lose your integrity, no amount of success will be meaningful. Yeah. I guess it, that's about that hollow feeling. Yeah, it is. It's, um, it is, you know, it's, you know, we've always said in here and, and people we deal with as well, you have to be authentic. That's the most important thing. You have to have integrity. And you have to, you know, we, we make sure that, you know, no one, we won't take on a client unless we know they're going to be in a better position by us being their advisor. It's really that simple. We're not going to just charge a fee to do something for them if yeah. we if we know they're just going to end up in the same position. So that's that's just ridiculous. But realistically, you have to have integrity in everything you do in life. And, you know, you, you laughed at me. Um, actually, somebody, uh, the, ah, the wonderful Peter Turin. I said, Peter, one of his quotes, uh, I said, Peter, I was told something once by a great speaker, uh, a bit of a mentor of mine, and he said, Tony, think of, think of your life this way and everything you do in business. He said, think of your life like it's a movie and only two people are watching it, your wife and your mother. <laughs> <laughs> you think about that, Jamie. So in other words, would you do anything else different if your mother or your wife were there beside you? And so, and that's even the way you communicate if they're not around. So, do you communicate differently, or you do you do different things? Uh, you know, mum would probably smack me over the head for all my swearing, but other than that, Jamie, I, I'd smack you over the head for all your swearing. <laughs> so it's, uh, but that's not swearing; that's just Myrtleford, isn't it? the language of Myrtleford? <laughs> but I guess. Point three, control your own destiny. You know, he, he said that most satisfied people he knows have control over their lives and affairs. We're probably all seeking the independence to do what we want to, when and where we want to do it. 90% of the population are in jobs, activities or relationships out of economic necessity. They stay in a job they hate, have a vision or dream um, of where they want to go, develop your passion. Turn up to work every day doing something you love. It's it's not work if you're doing something you love, is it? Right. No, so it's uh, but it's also, you know, having control over your lives and your affairs is that's that's not about uh, being flustered, and also too that does I'll harp on it again, but that does come back to I have a lot more uh, control over my emotions and my decisions and everything I do in life since making uh, since reading a lot more since uh doing a lot more of my meditation and things like that and it, it's basically the idea of, of being able to have that clarity and if you don't have control over your emotions and all your emotions are de uh, and decisions uh and this is the biggest the biggest mistake so many people make with investments is they make emotional decisions out of fear of missing out or out of uh you know out of you know in being impatient, having that instantaneous gratification. And I'm not just talking about your generation, I'm talking about everyone, you know. So it's um, 
having that instantaneous uh, gratification. And it's just like, you know, that type of stuff is really hard. So it's it's understanding what you want in your life, understanding who you are and understand what your meaning is. You know, and I, I think that's vitally important. But once you understand what your meaning is, you, you're not going to just get there without disappointment. There is nothing in life. Jamie, you're about to get married next month or just in about six weeks' time or something. I better book the accommodation for that. Yeah. Uh, but but in saying that, you know, for the last 12 years that you and Jess have been together, you've had arguments. Yeah. She's always told you you're wrong and she's been right. You know, so it's uh, – but, but what I'm saying is, you know, your parents have an amazing marriage. They've had arguments. You know, my parents had a wonderful marriage. They've had arguments. And, and basically it's a case of that, you know – it, not everything is always going to go smoothly, but it's how you react to it and what and what decisions you make moving forward of continually wanting to build, continually wanting to build, always going back to that good place. But unless you know where you actually want to go, then how do you get your affairs in order? How do you get your lives in order? But isn't life more easy when you don't have to worry as much about external things? I think there was a saying once, I don't know who said it, but you know, 99% of problems actually aren't real problems yeah you know they, they're just a bit of a fear that you've got for some for some reason for that particular moment but are they actually really a problem yeah moving on to the next point be prepared to take some risk now this does come with some caveats but life is an adventure and a challenge when you are young you can afford to fail because you can start over again when you are old you need the stimulation oh yeah so it's um we're talking. Are we talking young and old here, or are we talking on the same playing field? <laughs> no, we're, we're pretty much on the same playing field. And one of our work colleagues, um, you know, uh, stated the other day that not a fan. They're not a fan of necessarily putting a date to a goal uh, because sometimes they feel a bit, or they work too hard and drop everything else towards achieving, or they feel a bit despondent. Uh, so, as I said to you know them, if if I'm going to achieve a goal, let's say for example, um, you know, let's say it's just weight loss, and let's say my goal is to get to 85 kilos uh, within six months' time, as an example. Now, if I lose 15 kilos, but I've only hit 90, have I failed? No, I'm, I'm actually I haven't hit my goal, but I'm far healthier. Uh, I'm looking better in my clothes. Uh, my blood pressure's down. I can walk more. I can uh, play with grandkids I don't have, or so you know, or maybe ringing grandkids. Um, I can I can do all these things in life far more comfortably, and I'm going to have far more energy for at least attempting to hit that goal. So it doesn't mean that I'm a failure. It just means that you know, if if my goal was to qualify for the Olympics and I didn't qualify, did I put in my heart and soul? Yes. Did I nearly get there? Maybe. The point is, is I'm far better for having tried than to having never tried at all. So I think I think it's really important that it doesn't matter whether you're young or old. Now, in saying that, though, yeah, life is an adventure. Life's still an adventure for me. And, you know, I'm not quite double your age, but it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 22 years older than you. So it's, I, I, was, I already started this business when the year you were born, I think. So it's, it's really, it's realistically, when you think about it, it's you're, You've got this situation where it is an adventure. Enjoy the journey, but it's going to come with pitfalls and all the rest of it. But plan it out, you know. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you know, I, I said to a potential partner of ours is that 
I'm risk averse because at my age, I can't afford to lose. Well, I think it's, I guess one of those caveats that I was going to outline is don't bet the farm. You know, things can go wrong to the best laid plans. Um, spread the risk. And for, for, for people listening that are in cricket, it's, you know, don't go for six on every occasion. It's, no, that's know, right. the singles, you know, looking for the twos and, and doing those runs. So it's, you know, don't underestimate the power of compound interest. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, co- compound interest, you know, going back to that uh, conversation I was having with one of our colleagues is that, if your goal is to go for a walk, ten, you know, 10 kilometres every morning, uh, now you're going to come, there's going to be a whole lot of benefits to that. Now, if you're planning on doing that because you want your blood pressure down or you want to lose weight or whatever the case might might actually be, uh, one of the great advantages of it, you're not going to step on the scales after one walk and say, well, that didn't work. You're not going to you're not going to not get grumpy after one meditation session and say, well, that didn't work. It's that power of compounding, you know, the compounding effect all the way through. So, you know, if after 365 days of doing that 10-kilometre walk every day, uh, your mental health is going to be better, your weight's going to be more stabilised, your body's going to look different and, you know, be more in proportion or whatever proportion that is. Uh, you know, it, it, there's, there's no downside to doing that whatsoever. Even if you haven't hit your goal, there is no downside because what's, what's that saying is that I, I can guarantee you uh, – you know, out of every 10 goals you might try to achieve, you might only achieve one and fail at nine, uh, but you're 100% better than the person who achieved nothing and completed nothing. They never failed, but they also never completed anything either. Yeah, so I guess we, we touched on that next point of counterbalancing the risk, but keep some powder dry. Make sure you have an opportunity fund or the capacity to raise money when the right deal presents itself. I think this can be looked across in multiple ways and, and not just, you know, I guess when it comes to funds, but it's looking for those right deals and, and having the energy and time as to go into those deals at that point. But also to don't try to make it work. If you have to fall away from it, walk away from it, walk away from it. You know, and, and you know one of the adages that we have, which was from one of the Jim Collins book, is that uh, don't shoot the cannonball first, shoot the bullets. You know, so, so if you're going to fail on something, uh, fail small to start with. But, uh, you know, you shoot the bullets first and until and not until the bullet actually hits its mark. That's then where you aim the cannonball when you go big at that time. Uh, but don't don't try to something might look good. It might look look, be, look like a good opportunity, but don't force it to make it work. If it's not going to work, it's just not going to work. Yeah. Oh, here you go, Tony. Find a tolerant partner. <laughs> I love, I love the note it's got here. But you need a partner who can appreciate your search for success and fulfilment. Be good. Like to what your I've kids. done with you. Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, boy. But be good to your kids. I like this one. Be good to your kids, as they will be the ones checking you into a nursing home. It can be very unfulfilling trying to enjoy yourself when nobody else likes your company. Yeah, how true is that? So. <laughs> <laughs> it just itself, doesn't it? It is interesting, you know. I'd like to think that I've been good to both my boys because they both do work here. So it's, uh, but in saying that, though, you know, it's. I think I, I, I look at you know your mum, Jamie. You were both your parents, um, but you know, the, the love your mum has for you, it, and it's re- and it, you're you're not a spoiled little brat by any means, um, but. Know, some funny stories you as a kid uh, but in saying that though the love and respect you have back for your parents is is just absolutely beautiful to see and, that, and that's the type of thing where 
your relationship with your parents are always is always going to be unbelievably strong. I mean, my mum still treats me like a naughty twelve year old, and sometimes it's probably warranted. But it's um, but you know, in in saying that, the relationship you have it is so true. And you know, unfortunately, you know, even though it's a tongue in cheek comment, I did have to check my dad into a nursing home, yeah. and unfortunately, then six months later, we had to say goodbye to him. Um, now, in in saying that. It is one of the hardest things in the world to actually do, uh, but you know, and and as the story, you all know the story. Dad had Alzheimer's, but I would still go there and lie in his bed, and we would sing Beatles songs together. Yeah, and it doesn't that kind of compassion, yeah, at the end of his yeah, life. Yeah, he still didn't. He still didn't. Know. I mean, I've still got a beautiful photo of me holding his hand sitting on my desk, and in yeah. that photo, he already had Alzheimer's. You know, so he knew how it was, but he was very forgetful at that stage as well. So. Yeah, and this is this is probably one that rings true for you, mate. Never give up um, if you think you were right. <laughs> but saying that, uh, I think there's a little. Oh, uh, Jamie, there's a lot there's of a, tongue. We, I should have just shut up and walked away. I think we'll move back. Like, there's a little little note in here that says big companies operate on the basis that the little guy will fold. Showing up eliminates 85% of the um, competitors who won't go the distance. And I think it's, I think that's the part that rings true to me. It's showing up. Yeah, that's right. I actually like the uh, the flip side of this is don't die on your sword in pursuit of Mission Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Be prepared to cut your losses, you know. As uh, <laughs> and this is this is something that Willard tried to get us to put in the marketing thing, and I said no to it. But Jack Cowan said it, Willard, so maybe I was wrong. Sorry. As Kenny Rogers sang, uh, sang, uh, you got to know when to hold them and know and uh, them and know when to fold them. You know, so it's um, and I think that that is, that is actually quite true. And, and that comes you know, even down to investments and things like that as well. But sometimes, you know, and, and we've done it before, Jamie, where we've probably spent, you know, 30, 40, 50 thousand dollars worth of hours looking at an opportunity to buy. And we've just had to on, on our company done all our due diligence and then said, you know what, it's just not fitting right it's not fitting for our purpose it's yes it's part of our focus but it's not the right it's not the right mix and we've walked away from it and we've we've written that off but it's better to write that off than to spend a million dollars buying it and then all of a sudden oh a million dollars and the thing failed yeah tony we need a load of laugh at ourselves don't get caught up in yourself um importance try to be humble even if you don't believe it be able to laugh at yourself and that's not to bully yourself um but that's able to just sit back and, and sort of enjoy life in that regard, I think. Yeah, no, listen, I, I've learned that there's there's enough people laughing at me. For me, I might as, if I'm if I'm the brunt of the joke, I might as well be part of it. But the ego side is there as well. So there is some people that you've seen who don't like to hear the word no and don't like to be told they're wrong and will hold grudges for life. Uh, that's just not who I am. Uh, I, I, first of all, I don't like to make emotional decisions, but I won't burn bridges. And I'm yeah. happy to sit down and say, yeah, well, I, I told a story to Young Advisors Conference the other day, uh, webinar that I was one of the speakers on. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I gave the example of, you know, 20, 29 years ago, turning up to an appointment. And I turned up 15 minutes later with scruff shoes and boy, did that guy let me know. He just berated me for 15 minutes and then kicked me out. Now, I could have turned around and said, well, he's an old idiot. He's probably my age at the time. You know, so it's, uh, and he doesn't know anything and, you know, he's missed out on having me now. But instead, I actually, and probably this is, you know, a lesson I learned from my parents, but I stopped at like a Safeway on the way home and bought some shoe polish. 
and that night polished all my shoes and you've you've never seen me with scruffed shoes have you jamie so it's uh and if i if you no that's right so and and now that that was a case of yeah listen i had to at the time i felt unbelievably embarrassed but i had to have a laugh at myself but as a result it was a great lesson to learn and sometimes having a laugh at yourself is the greatest lesson you can actually learn don't take everything in life so seriously Four points to go, Tony, but life is about dealing with people. You can solve the biggest problems if you can maintain a smile and a sense of humour. I think that touches on what we were just talking about then. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And, you know, we, there's, you can't help everyone and not everyone will like you. Uh, and it's, you know, and, and, that, and you know what? That's okay. That that is okay. It's, it's just that, you know, sometimes relationships fail. Sometimes... You know, opportunities don't happen. Sometimes you just really like the person, but you know it's not the right mix, so you say no, but it doesn't mean you don't like the person. But try your damnedest not to burn bridges. If they want to burn bridges with you, that's okay, uh, but you be the bigger person and try not to in the same time. You have to deal with people, and I think one of the greatest things is is through, um, you know, reading a lot, through knowing so many different people, through travelling, you know, as you guys have done as well is you have so many stories, you know, in your lifetime. Now, I've got your entire lifetime, Jamie, of stories in this industry. So there's there's always, um, you know, I was speaking to the head of psych, uh, psychiatry. Um, I won't say what state because then everyone can look him up. But it's uh, but we'll talk, I just reread the book Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, and I spoke about logoth- logotherapy in there. And he loved it. We had an in-depth conversation on that. You know, so it was, uh, and I, and that wasn't me just trying to have any, because actually, I, I think him and his wife are amazing people. They really are. Uh, but that was that was me because I was actually interested to hear a psychiatrist's viewpoint on logotherapy, because Viktor Frankl was obviously a psychiatrist as well. So I wanted to hear what his viewpoint was, and he said, absolutely, it's in the mind. You know, you, you decide what you want to think. You decide if it's woe me, or you decide if you if you want to say. Well, that's crap, but I'm just going to move on for that. You can decide. You know, I said to you, I think it was on Saturday we were chatting, I had four seconds of negativity into my mind in that morning. I thought, well, where the hell did that come from? You yeah. know, so I was, um, what, I didn't win Powerball, now I'm dirty on myself, woe me. <laughs> so it's, uh, but they're, they're, the t- they're the type of things, you know, so I think it's important to understand that when you're dealing with people, not everyone will like you, and that's okay because you yeah. also don't have to like everyone. Talk next one is focus, you know, learn to focus. Take a lesson from Warren Buffett and Bill Gates. Get a mainstream business that produces cash flow. Be a rifle, not a shotgun. The tax man helps share in the losses instead of capital. Beware of new girls, pretty theories and diversions. Beware of new girls. (laughs) (laughs) Only a man could write that. No, I think the lesson there is focus, learn to focus. Yeah, and as you, as you know, some of the things that we've done in our business, if it doesn't suit our focus, uh, it's not that it's a bad idea or something that we don't think will work, but if it's not our focus, we'll just have to, we'll just say no to it. Yeah, uh, and, that's, and that comes on to the next point when you're talking focus is understanding the business, understanding the fundamentals, including the market cycles. You know, as you're saying, if it doesn't suit our focus, we have an understanding of what that business is doing, then it's time to walk away. That's yeah, so it's um, you don't want to try to make something fit, but but it's it it is understanding everything you do, but 
does it is it your focus you know so as an example if if our focus is uh, building Australia's greatest diversified financial services firm and we're going to do that in a whole range of different ways but that doesn't include selling cars so if a great opportunity came to us about investing in a company that sells cars well no <laughs> so it's because uh, it's not our focus I'm not saying it won't work you know that that opportunity might be car sales you know, so it's uh, to have invested in car sales or to have invested, you know, in Facebook or whatever the case is. But if if it's not our focus on what we do, uh, then we, we will walk away from it. Not saying that that's bad. Uh, it's just that it's not our focus. Too many companies, magnificent companies, uh, have made mistakes based on ego because they wanted to look cool. Uh, and have something and ended up being virtually out of business as a result of that rather than actually staying to their focus as what this says. They've been what we call about being, uh, you know, the, the shiny things, uh, being distracted by shiny things, they've been distracted by the, the new girls, prettier theories and diversions. Yeah, and to finish off, Tony, you know, I think the last statement. And in the end, life is an adventure. It's all about the journey, not the destination. Yeah, we we actually spoke about that, didn't we, um, earlier today of how many sports people at the end of their career, all of a sudden, their their identity, everything they've done, everything they are has been taken off them and they're still just continually living in the past uh, about how great they used to be, um, end up broke, ended up trying to live on their reputation and things like that and just haven't been able to integrate or, as I was telling you, you know, the amounts of Olympians that fall on hard times after the Olympics are over. You know, they might have been a two, three, four-time gold medalist and end up broken the gutter on Social Security or, or boxers. You know, how many boxers have made, you know, 10, 20, 30 million dollars in their careers to end up bums? You know, so, and the reason being is because they've enjoyed that journey, but once the destination was over, they didn't know there was no other journey to go on. They hadn't thought about the next process. They hadn't thought about what they're going to do. They had no reason to get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. Tony, yeah. thanks very much for today. I appreciate you going through this one with me. And as I said, we'll have to post that on our website and, and our clients can go to that and then view it from there. Wonderful. Thanks, Jamie. Coffin Bond Podcast is a product from Coffin Bond & Co, which we are an authorised representative of Gown Financial. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of the Coffin Bond Podcast are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decision, you should read the product disclosure statement and if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from the podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Kofkin Bond website, or you can find resources on the ASIC website and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Kofkin Bond & Co. and the hosts of the Kofkin Bond podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of the country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.